podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to Sogging. It's hope all are well. Um, obviously, the three of us are here. Uh, there's not been a right lot going on this week uh, in terms of. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe not. I mean, there's been an IPL auction where a bloke died. Almost been... died. He fell over. He didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was sarcasm. No, 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 no. You, you, you were being like the media and blowing it out of proportion. That's what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just before everybody starts to jump all over it. Whose intro is this? <laughs> Just on the quiet. Who does the intro? Do Don't say there's been nothing happening in the world of cricket when we're currently barbs deep in a racism scandal in South Africa. Blokes nearly died in the IPL. Never questioned. People the are leaving the Pakistan Super League because they want to play in India, and then um, the England's second greatest fast bowler of all time, arguably if you only believe stats, has written an article in the Daily Mail. What a great intro, Robert. That was really good. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's absolute. Like, what, what's that thing where the um, where people try and overthrow a ship? Um, mutiny. That's it. There's mutiny in the ranks. What a strong start to an episode this has been, by the way. Um, as per usual, it's an absolute shit show at Slogging It Towers. Um, and and we've just done an unbelievable interview. Yes, we have. Yeah, we will be talking about that. Um, yeah. So, this week on Sogging It, uh, the three of us don't know our arse from our elbow. Uh, <laughs> the three of us will argue with each other. But we have got a brilliant interview uh, that we recorded just a little earlier that we will be playing out later on. So, the first thing I want to cover off, actually, Simon, in the week in, in when nothing's happened. Now, before we were recording tonight, I was watching one of the Sky Sports vodcasts. Um, <clears throat> and I was convinced that you must have watched this before we recorded last week because... Um, Nasser Hussein, Michael Anderson and Rob Key were basically, uh, well, Nasser and others were basically backing up everything that you said. And uh, Rob well, Key was basically me. Um, two, two of the most internationally renowned primary commentators in the world, I think. Yeah, and, and a soppy prick from Mansfield. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean hmm. that. You're not from Mansfield, are you? You're from Papawick. No, I'm um, a soppy prick bit. I'm fine with that. The sloppy bit, I think, is a bit harsh. The prick, yeah, fine. <laughs> um, maybe it's sloppy would have been better rather than soppy, I think. Well, yeah. Anyway. The winter training's not going quite as well, is it? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, and, but also, you know, the, the time spent in the, in the local library recently hasn't, uh, hasn't, hasn't been going all that well, has it? Yeah. Hey, I've got some exam results today. I've done all right in that, none of you know. Uh, well, Congrats, yeah, was, Congrats Robert. That's really good news. Yeah, well done. But it wasn't that library in particular I was referencing. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the story we can't go into. But if we could, it's funny. Well, we can talk about it if you want. <laughs> no, we absolutely cannot because they're seen as the worst father in the world. Uh, <laughs> which you're not. Okay. Now there's Joseph Fritzel's on this planet for fuck's sake. Yes, he is. Well, he was. No, no, I'm not. I'm not worse than him. I'm not. I mean, all the stuff in the paper again, ridiculously overhead. Brilliant. This has been my, it's my job to do that, Jono, not yours. <laughs> favourite start to any of our podcasts ever, I think. <laughs> Absolute buffoonery straight away. 
Um, so, so yeah, so obviously the fallout from that is still continuing. Um, Rob Key was kind of saying he thinks that we can start to move past them too, whereas others and, and um, NASA were just going, what? You can't not pick Jimmy and Brody, like, you know, uh, because even if you want a blood new talent, then those are the two perfect guys to, to learn from and see him do it in that environment, and they are our, still our two best bowlers. I, I think he kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit, because the, I think the fundamental point he was trying to make was actually fair. We could produce a seam attack of, and the bowlers he mentions, Archer, Wood, Ollie Stone, and all these guys. So you had that, that That... That, no, I hadn't watched it. I've listened to it this week. Um, he's cheating. He's cheating. He's listening to the people who know what they're talking about. And well, I mean, you have a go at me for not doing any research. I do some fucking research, and I'm also wrong. <laughs> uh, um, and his point was that we could put a bowling attack out that might be of international standard and perhaps should be given the opportunity to develop. That, I, I, From that point of view, I don't disagree with him. Unfortunately... Three of the four names he mentioned have been injured for two years, and his point still kind of didn't stand because they would be better off learning from Broaden Anderson as opposed to the other guys. That I'm not saying the other guys on. I'm not saying Chris Wokes isn't a good bowler. I'm not saying he's not knowledgeable. But if 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 Saqib Mahmood sat rubbing shoulders with Stuart Broad and James Anderson, he's going to be in a bit better position after two months than he is rubbing shoulders with somebody else um certainly from english cricket cricket yeah maybe not a beer um but so i kind of felt I, I could see the point he was making but i didn't wholeheartedly agree with it fair enough um eugene uh, any thoughts on on that have you watched the sky sports cricket vodcast i have not i'm also not a seam bowler so i do not have an opinion please ask me a batting question what has been the only England bright spot in the last, well, six years? Um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to fuck him about in the order as well. That's <laughs> exactly, what yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, want to, I also want to talk about Brody's article, which was quite punchy in places. Like, and... There was one bit of it that I took exception to, right? And this it, uh, and we've had, we had this argument last week, and we will continue to have this argument. Um, but and we, we spoke about this the other night, Robbo. Um, the one bit of it that I didn't like was then he was saying, "Oh yeah, well, Jimmy and I have now got all this free time, so uh, we've just been on the phone talking loads about where we're going to book holidays to go and play golf." And I'm going, "No, if the door's not been firmly shut." Go and play county cricket. Give something back. Where they're just going, no, we're just going to, we've still got our central contracts. We don't have to play, so we're just going to go and play golf in Portugal for a bit. I've read that. We obviously had the conversation. This is actually before I've read the full article. But the way I read that wasn't that he's not going to play county cricket. Wasn't that he's not going to do anything else. It, but the fact that in the next four weeks, He's now got four spare weeks where he's planned his life because the captain at the end of the last series says, 
Broad and Anderson will be in the West Indies, and they're now not in the West Indies. So, could he not be the, with Nottinghamshire in those four weeks? Well, it depends on. We, again, this is where we don't see so much of what goes off with with that level of cricket. Like, yeah, I mean, if he's being told to limit balls as he's been told to do for the past eight years, it's it's how much of the the surrounding bluff you want to believe. The one thing I will say about Brody is he's always been brutally honest. Right, you look at all the interviews he's had recently. Each time they've got it wrong, and they, 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 this is must be the other thing that pisses him off. Certainly more than James Anderson. Every time he's been left out, it's been a we're now it's been well known that they've got it wrong. Yeah, they left him out at, against the West Indies at he the start of that series. Out a lot more than Jimmy as well. Let's not forget. Yeah. He, so they left him out then, they got it wrong. They've left him out of Brisbane, they got it wrong. They've left him out for this. And if you, by all accounts, they've got it wrong. So, and apparently, well, the one thing Robert Key did say in that thing the other day was one of the reasons it's been muted about is that they're difficult to manage. Yeah. Well, name a good player that's not. Also, like they said on that, you don't hear about the captain falling out with crap. a bag of crap, do you? Yeah. Graham Smith never fell out with some ungodly bloke that played one test and was crap. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen. Andrew Strauss didn't fall out with James Taylor. I'm not saying James Taylor was crap, but in contact, he fell out with the best batter. That's another That's another guess that we can uh, just tick off the uh, tick off the list. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this next, so I think he might be from the comment you made about him the other day. But no, like, um, we don't know. I think we get to hear a lot of what goes off behind the scenes. And um, I don't think we've heard everything. And by all accounts, if he's if he's been told... If you look at it from his point of view, Joe Root comes out in an interview at the end of the Ashes and is that asked, is that, in, is that it for Broad and Anderson? And he's gone, no, I expect to see them in the West Indies. But he's not going to come out and go, yeah, cheers, lads, thanks very much. No, 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 no. But he could have done what Pat Cummins did with Justin Langer. And go, spoken about global warming. About the environment. Spoken and, and, and dodged the question. Yeah. He could have said, well, that's it's going to be their decision is it, as much as it is ours and there's a lot of stuff that can go off. Yes, he might have got quoted as not backing them. But the thing that confuses me is the fact that he's come out and said that Reports then come out that they're difficult to manage. Well, he's the one managing them, and and then three blokes in the interim roles have decided that's it. Well, no, remember Strang, the door's not closed. Paul Collingwood interim role. James Taylor at the minute interim role. It's been a long time. Like, so, interim role. And so potentially they're shafting the next director of cricket and the next head coach because. For me, no, because ultimately it's up to them, the new coaches, staff, if they want to. Yeah, but, but if if you would, if you could find fault with Broad and Anderson going, fuck it, then I'm not going to bother. I've made me money. I've had my fill. I've been fucked around for two years. I've constantly said I'll play every game if they want me to because I'm fit enough to do it, and they've buggered me about. And now, after the captain has come out and told us we're definitely going, we've we've binned you. Yeah, you've binned us. So, and at the minute. If we're being brutally honest, English bowl, England cricket needs Broad and Anderson playing more than Broad and Anderson need England cricket. Yeah, agreed. Do you have any views on it, Huge? 
Yeah. I don't know is the honest answer. Um, I'd like to see them bowl, but not together. It's one of those where I'm going, I think it is time to move on and look at the other talent. The problem is, is the other talent's all injured. Although, based on the IPL, they still bloody get sold, so I don't quite understand that. Um, it's, it's yeah. Like I said, it, I'd love to see Anderson and Broad bowl again, just not in the summer for South Africa's reasons, well, but yeah, yeah. from my perspective, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one, and I, I think it's really hard for the interim team that's making those choices right now because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, they go to the West Indies, they beat the West Indies, and, you know, everybody's going to say, well, you know, it, it still was a bad decision because we could have beaten them even, you know, with, with, with a greater margin because of, because of having them there. Yeah. It's one of those where I think they're in a really tough situation. Um, they haven't won in the West Indies for that, 40 uh, years. Just to reference that injury thing, Robbo. Um, so, obviously, one of those names on that list is Joffre Archer. Now, he's obviously said a minute ago that we're quite lucky to have ears in and around the game, so we probably find out a lot of stuff that many don't. But um, I'm, I'm willing to lay a, a bet now, um, and I'm pretty pretty sure in my stance on this based on conversations had with senior people that that are much more aware than most about this that um i don't think we'll ever see joffre archer bowl in a white shirt for england again jesus that's a big statement uh they're they're, they're he's, they reckon his elbow's cooked they reckon his elbow is awful because they kept he was he was bowling in barbados wasn't he he was bowling so he was out with the the England team in Barbados, and he was bowling. From what we got told by people that we've seen there, we was bowling flat out. Yeah, but he's so, not, not going to bowl three spells in a day. Is what I'm I, I, I don't. I, 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 for the first time, I think in the history of this podcast, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I can't see the point. I think England need to make a bit of a decision. On everyone talks about what's going on in the, the world of cricket, and. Like you need some people need to. You, it needs to be accepted that not all players can play all formats. A few years ago, I disagreed and said all players should be able to. But when something's working, why, why hint, put a chance of hindering that on the basis of a possibility in a different area of the game? And there's two people that come to mind instantly. Joffre Archer could be the the world's best one day short format bowler. In my opinion, you look at him, he bowls 95 miles an hour, he can bowl unbelievable at the death. Like, he's got every aspect to make him a, a top two, three in the world short format bowler. If you you look on the other side of the coin, England have got in Joss Butler, someone who could be a top two, three, one day batter and keeper. And in Test match cricket, it's just not worked. You can, for whatever reason, those two players in Test cricket, yes, Archer through injury, Butler through whatever it might be, just hasn't worked. So let's just sit there and go. You know what? Fine. So the Archer thing. We'll pick Joffrey. The Archer, the Archer thing through, and this is my understanding of it through these conversations, is that he should have had his operation much uh, earlier than he did. 
but they just wanted him to bowl and wanted him to bowl and wanted him to bowl. And so it's got progressively worse, progressively worse and progressively worse. And um, this person who I had this conversation with, who shall remain nameless, obviously, um, said that they think that he'll become the next Tim Al Mills and he will just become a T20 franchise cricketer and he'll just go all around the world. And if you're, if you're, um, if you're Joffre Archer, what would you rather do? Go and do six weeks here and six weeks there and earn an absolute packet, much much more than your central contract for England, because that's a million quid now for a multi-format cricketer. But he could go and make that in the IPL. And then he could go and play in the CPL, and he can go and play in the B- B- BPL and the PSL and the Big Bash and whatever else. You know, he, he, he can make far more money just on that circuit and the 100 and whatever else. Like, what if you're Joffrey Archer... You know, right, I can bowl four overs every second day and work 24 weeks of the year, or six months, or whatever, in these various different friends, and earn more than I could having a ball in test matches for England. And they're the mm. ones, if, I, if the information I've been given is right, that have forced him to continue bowling as his arm and his injuries deteriorated and deteriorated to the point where now it's so bad that they don't think he ever will play test cricket again. What about in the disability side if uh, if he carries on injuring himself? Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not sure. I mean, that, greatly, that, that, greatly tedious. This is why Eugene gets the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, tedious, tedious thing. It does lead us on quite nicely, however, um, to an amazing interview. We're, we're just going to play you out uh, in a second that we did with Liam Thomas. So, for those that you don't know, Liam Thomas, you will have probably seen the video. Uh, he was out in Dubai, and he's the guy who was playing for England's physical disability eleven. He's charging around the boundary, fills the ball, rolling dive, and he's and next thing you know, he's the bottom half of his right leg's fallen off because it's prosthetic, and he hops to the ball, throws it, fields it, and all that. Um, so we we've had a really good conversation with Liam just for just for half an hour or so tonight uh, about different challenges that he's faced, but you know the outlook um, that he has on life and everything. I, I, it's just infectious, and he's, he's brilliant. He talks really really well. Um, so we're going to go to that in a second. Before we do, uh, as always, Lords Taverners, uh, Tavs 1-1 to 6-0-3-3-1. Please make sure you're 16 or over and have the bill pays permission to donate £3. Uh, also, the Samaritans, don't forget, uh, if you get the opportunity to also support those guys, uh, the work that they're doing with Robbo is fantastic. Robbo showed me some photos the other day um, because they, they, sent, um, they, they sent him the proofs as if he gets the right to kind of sign them off. And the photos, it's like, oh, man in field, and oh, man in kitchen with coffee. <laughs> it's just, it's just not a clue what to do with my hands. Really not, a, not a scooby. So he just gave me an empty cup of tea. Uh, sorry, a full cup of tea. <laughs> it was a full cup of tea. Well, you know, they, but you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't jest. Really, the work that they do is is fantastic. So uh, please also try and support them if you can. Uh, without putting yourself into any financial difficulty. Uh, as always, thank you to Big Smoke Brewery. I've had a couple of fruit juice tonight. Very, very enjoyable. Uh, and, of course, um, of course, um, Woodstock Cricket, uh, who also have some big news that we will uh, we'll be covering off just after the interview. But for now, we shall love you and leave you, and we'll see you again in about half an hour. Tonight, it's our great pleasure to welcome uh, to the podcast someone that I met for the first time um, when when in the summer we played a game together randomly for the Lords Taverners against the the House of Commons and House of Lords 
uh, cricket club, and we played against um, what's his name, Matt Hancock. Yeah, Matt Hancock. Uh, but this was this was just after the the time when he uh, all this rubbish about him fingering that aide in the uh, in his office had just come out. So there's all these folk from Yorkshire just sat on the sidelines just abusing the shit out of me, which is brilliant. But anyway, we'll come on to that. Um, England physical disability cricketer, um, but absolute internet sensation from something that we will definitely talk about when he played in India a few years ago. Liam Thomas, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> and if anybody didn't quite get that, he just said, don't worry, guys. Thanks very much for having me. I was going to ask. I was going to say, somebody translate. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Can <laughs> we get the subtitles in? Can we get them on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're a podcast. You told us a little story earlier about your media training. Um, obviously, you've got quite a... A, a strong Yorkshire accent, we we can say. But what what was that little story? Nice anecdotal story you were telling us about the media training before. Oh yeah, one of the first things that I get told before I do any interview or anything like that is remember Liam, slow down, like talk <laughs> slow. Everyone needs to be able to understand you. Not everybody speaks as fast as you. Like it's an ongoing joking team that like every time I say something, oh, I like, I'll be in the middle of something having a serious discussion, and they'll be like, what's that? What's that, Tom? What's that? I'm like, go away. I don't even like any of you. Right. Um, so, first, first of all, we always ask the first same question: like, um, getting into cricket. What was your, what's your story? How did kind of your love of cricket come about? Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, really. I, I never really thought anything about cricket. It was, um, it was more football. I was always into football. I played football since I was four years old, and then I got to eleven, and obviously all mums and dads were all used to be together, and I ended up going back for barbecues, and I was just on the street. We're all just playing a bit of cricket on the street, and I was bowling, and um, my mate's dad obviously came out and saw me bowling, and we're like, "Oh, Liam looks okay," like, and just asked me and my dad said, "Does he fancy playing cricket?" Oh, like, dad, like, do you want to play? I said, "Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, that, that's fine." Um, Anyway, rocked up, started training, started playing, had a few games, realised that I wasn't really good at bowling, um, wasn't that good at batting either. So my dad says, why don't you turn around and try wicket-keeping? And then I'm like, yeah, go on then. So I tried wicket-keeping and fell in love with wicket-keeping and managed to develop my batting a little bit. And obviously, attention span wasn't great, so that's why I ended up wicket-keeping because, like I say, when you stood there five, ten overs in, I'm looking around at birds and watching stuff and then I'm like, it's not for me, this. But no, and then... I got into I got 15 years old. I got I got put forward for the Yorkshire team, which is something that I never really saw myself doing because when I when I saw disability, I, I thought people were severely disabled. So I was like, Nah, I'm, I'm cheating if I do that because I would always compete against able-bodied people. Anyway, I went forward. I did it. Uh, I got put forward for a high performance weekend uh, for the trial, and then I was fortunate enough to be successful, which went on to progress to the at the time was the England high performance squad, which later got made into the England physical disability squad. And I've been ever present since, really, apart from when I took a I took a year out because I just kind of fell out of love with it a little bit. Um, it got a little bit too much, which is actually coincidentally the year that they won the tournament. So nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, just, for people, just for people that don't know listening to this or maybe haven't heard of you or haven't seen the video do you want to just explain a little bit about you know what your disability is how you know obviously I, I know your story already but just for those who yeah. don't give a bit of context so I'm a lower right limb amputee and then I've got syndactyl in my right hand as you can see there so my hand will like fuse together so when I was one years old I had to have my leg 
amputated into like a stump shape and at the same time I had my hand operated on to, to have a finger to like cut into fingers um so that went all one years old and then I think people always say oh you do brilliant you do really well and I think it sounds strange but I'm very fortunate that I've had it from birth like for, that's normal for you guys with your two arms two legs whatever it's from it's, it's for me this is normal I've never known any different like I always see people when I go to limb center and it the people who've like oh yeah I've had mine off eight months ago and I'm like that must be difficult that like for someone who's had it lost got used to it and then had to lose it and then adapt that must be so much more difficult for me and I feel that's why why I probably do as well as I do to be honest and I, I suppose growing up through through the different age groups Liam I mean you must have just thought you know cricket's normal I mean you started at a relatively young age and then sort of just carried on playing I mean you know what were your what were your teammates like in terms of supporting you and making sure that you you felt part of the team and the squad I've been very fortunate. I've not really had any much negative stuff. Like you would have thought that there'd been like maybe some bullying, some nasty comments. And don't get me wrong, there's been the odd little comment where people have mentioned, but few and far between. And I've always had really good support from my friends around me. And it's always been it's just it's just Liam, it's Tomo, and I've always been taken on merit, like um, and I've always performed on merit, and they've always respected that. And every time I'm like, oh, my legs sore today, I'm like, oh yeah, they're like, oh, I forgot you had a fake leg, like. <laughs> Because that's just what it was, and that's what accepted. And if I had a rubbish game, they'd tell me I had a rubbish game, and it wasn't a rubbish game because I had a disability. It's like, Liam, you're rubbish today. No excuses. And my dad, my dad were massive on that, and my mum and dad were brilliant. Like, there were never no excuses. And if if I weren't good enough, it's because I weren't good enough. Where there were times where I'd play football, I'd come home, I'd have red raw, like my skin had peeled off because I was playing football, it was rubbing. And people were like, yeah, Liam were rubbish today, weren't he? Dad like, just nodded, yeah, yeah, he went great, what are you? This time over, get home, he's getting car straight away, he went, your legs sore, innit? I went, yeah, he went, yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> but he never, he never ever, like, were an excuse, and that PE teachers at school were like, oh, what can, what can he do, what can't he do? And mum always used to say, he'll tell you. He'll yeah. tell you what he can and can't do, and you can find out for yourself, like, he'll tell you, and I'll, there's not much you can't do. So I, I was very lucky that I didn't have parents who sheltered me or made excuses for me. It's a case of, go on, go find out, and if you can't do it, find a way. If you... And if not, we'll look at someone else, really. So I think the combination of that mixed in with the people around me and not knowing any different kind of helped shape to who I am as a person today. Yeah, it strikes me. It's like you say, it's an amalgamation of all the three things that you've that you've gone through. Like say, you're having it from so young, good people around you and parents that are not going to make an excuse that you always find, you've always found a way to be successful and that, that, that that's worked for you. Yeah, definitely. And... John will highlight the fact that I wasn't very successful when I played against um, the MPs. <laughs> but no, it's um, it's something that, like I say, it's stuck with me. And like I say, I've been very fortunate, really. And it's something that's, like I say, it's, it's been great for me. And like I say, having a Maybe you weren't, didn't want to show them up too badly in case you got your benefits cut or something. Like, well, you do just want to you to play like, well against. John will, like I say, we need to make sure we make this a bit more competitive here because like, we're trying to get funding for Tavern as a disability cricket. So I'm like, shoulder and arms. Oh, that's a good one. That's what well, I did. That's Grant, Grant Shap, so the transport secretary, I let him hit me right on the knee roll in front of all three. So. Uh... <laughs> bollocks bollocks you got it on the front pad yeah. more often than not last year you weren't trying to do it on purpose yeah. well the stupid thing was i think it was like a 20 over game and we had we just had the most ridiculous side so we've had, oh, we've, got Liam, we've got like four premier league cricketers you've got four or five england players like disability and learning disability 
And we, I mean, at one point, we were on to score about 400. <laughs> so, um, it was a bit. Oh, we, we ended up winning by about 200 runs or something. It was crazy. But um, no, look, we had a great day and we enjoyed it and all that. And it was, um, yeah, Liam and I didn't have a, our finest days, uh, certainly with the bat. But then we just stood next to each other at Keeper and Slip for the second half and just, just had a, a right laugh at uh, Matt Hancock's expense for most of it. Um, <laughs> but when, you, when you're talking about um, like the, the equality side of it, do you think, have you been able to sense a change over a period of time of it? You know, that is that kind of thing getting better? And do you think that because there's more awareness now, are people kinder? And do you think there's not as much of that stuff going on? Uh, I think I think the awareness has grown. Like I say, for me personally, I've never had to suffer that side of it where people have been nasty. Like you say, you had the com- a comment and you always get the backhander compliment, which winds me up. And it is a compliment, but it just comes from people who, when I play cricket against, this sounds horrible, but lads who are just thick and they're like that. They're like, Oh, you do well, you don't you? I'm like, Yeah, I'm doing better than you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you do well, you don't you? Like, I'm like, I'm just happy to get out of bed in the morning and put my leg on. That's it. That's my pinnacle of life. Like, and you do get, you do get that, but from the, the equality, it is, there is more awareness, I think, more on the mental and on the more, like, say, quality and everything, obviously, racism, diversity, inclusion in sport. And I think that's something that is growing massively. And I think I've still got a long way to go. Like I say, for us, and like I say, we've only got a small pool of players in, in England to choose from. Um, but hopefully we can, through through this now and the awareness of it, people become, like I say, it, it highlights it more and we can start to grow it. And like I said, more people with disabilities or can get into sport, which is what we're trying to do, really, whether it be cricket, football, any sport, Paralympics. We just want people to be active and getting involved and showing showcasing that, look, this is what you can do if you if you really want to, and it, it is available out there. You don't have to just think, well, I'm I'm disabled or I can't do anything. Well, you can, and that's what we are trying to showcase and promote. You've got, you've got a little boy as well, haven't you? Um, and I know you're I really have, yeah. really keen. You know, he, he he just loves charging about. He, I know he was there with your missus, wasn't he? Um, yeah. At the game, like, just loves it. I mean, he's obviously he's only young, I think, isn't he? But like keen to keen on his sport. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I've got my daughter who's 12, who's more uh, into TikToks and everything else. And, you don't look yeah. <laughs> I know. Then I've got um, I've got my three-year-old who's just into mad into sport and cricket, football. Like whenever we're there, it's like throw a ball, daddy, cricket, batting, bowling, and that's what that's what I like. I've always wanted to hit a ball. I've always wanted to kick a ball, and it's main thing really just to get him active and just just playing anything. Like I always said that I won't push him into anything. Obviously, secretly I'm like, there's a cricket bat, but. Um, <laughs> If he can do whatever he wants to, really, like I say, I'll support him in whatever he wants to do, and like I say, he can he can make his own choice. But the fact that he's he's, he's picking up a cricket bat and ball is uh, much to my delight. <laughs> obviously, I'm a big Taverners is a big part of my life, and and, whatever, yeah. and obviously the, the the podcast supports the Taverners. You just give people an idea of you know the benefits that the Taverners provide to kind of disability sport and people like Ian Martin and. Those kind of guys, um, and and the the difference that the work the kind of, the taverners does for for you know disability sport in general, but kind of um, giving giving people that belief that they can go out there and and take part in sport as a normal thing. You know, they don't they don't have to kind of feel like they, they're different or shy away. And I think that's something that we we found out with you guys with the taverners and working hand in hand and Ian, obviously 
having that connection and obviously with the games that we play in summer, I know we've got a fixture coming up, but I think at um, Tring Park is Europe, really yeah, um, it's good for us because obviously you help promote that and whether the all levels of cricket, you're not just promoting people into the, the, the elite pathway, you, you're promoting it for tabletop cricket, wheelchairs, stuff, and the stuff that you're doing in inclusion is helping bringing in more people. You're seeing videos that you're doing all the time, uh, which is great, and that obviously helps us because if people can find out about us through that, that helps us grow our talent of players and pool of players, and it also helps get people involved and active and people who are with severe disabilities who never thought they would get the chance to play cricket, they've got that opportunity now, and that's through you guys and the Lord Taverners, and it gives them a little bit of joy and that that sense of belonging and being a part of something and meeting new people and friends when they might not be confident to do that. And I know that's something that will be great. And obviously with the mental side of sport and obviously I've had my mental doubt myself and having that, that bond and that inclusion, I think that's some great work that you guys are doing really. And that does really go a long way in helping us. You, you do mention something there that's quite pertinent, I think, Liam, in that how do people know whether they are able to play cricket or not? I mean, you know, people might be sitting here listening to the podcast thinking, well, how do I know if I'm able to come and join it? Or, or you know, what is the process for joining? And what is the spectrum? I mean, can anybody join? How, how does somebody get in touch? Yeah, well, like I said, firstly and foremost, for your local cricket board, so your county cricket board, which is vastly improved from where I want now, or should have a disability section where you can get involved. Like say you've got the Lord Taverners where you can get involved in that way and then promote it through there towards like Ian Martin um, and stuff like that. And you get you get assessed, so you get um, you get profiled. So whether you've got, when you, obviously we've got four teams, we've got the blind, visually impaired, we've got the deaf, we've got the learning difficulties and we've got the physical disabilities. So for each team that you get, so there's not just the physical disabilities and you capped off at that, there's a whole host of disabilities that, that the ECB do cater for. So it's not just a case of we're all in one team. Um, so you get profiled and you'll get categorised on a certain um, a level of severity. So I think when you, I think I can't remember ours off the top of my head because I'm a, because obviously I'm a lower amputee. I'm a I'm a I'm a different one to what someone with cerebral palsy be or someone with uh, one arm a bit. So there's different categories for us, but we all fall under the same the same physical disability uh, category. Whereas you got the visually impaired, I've got like B one, which is like totally blind. B two, which is like moderately blind i'd say I'm, I'm not probably qualified enough to talk about but the category you got like your b3 which is like your less so the categories get less and less and you've got to have certain amount of b1s playing in your team b2s and b3 to make up your your team so you, you do get player profiled so to speak in answer to your question have you found more people have come when you talk about people watching you and stuff have you found more people have like shown an interest in it recently obviously like the sport since the last sort of dozen years the Paralympics has gone on to now become almost as big as a spectacle, spectacle, sorry, as the actual Olympics. Have you found that you've had more people coming to watch or yeah, it's showing getting, an interest? It's getting better because, well, like I say, we've had the last two tournaments have been at Worcester and in and around Worcester and like we played at like New Road where Worcester should play and like I said, they advertise it really well when we're going into that area and the fixtures and obviously we're playing at local cricket clubs, so they're heavily promoting it. And like I say, you get fine people coming to watch and thinking, this, this is, and that's what we want. Like we, want, we don't want people thinking, oh, this is just disability cricket where disabled people are playing cricket. We want to show that this is of a high standard and it's worth watching. And when people come, they want to go away and they feel positive, positively impacted by seeing us and thinking, I want to do that. I want to watch that. that that's worth watching. And that's what we're trying to do. And like I say, when people start to come along, we drum up that interest. Then we do realise that people are, and do see that more people are coming to watch, especially when we play at like New Road and stuff like that. Like 
I think I think yeah. so. In it, Jono in uh, at Worcester. I think it's before a twenty twenty game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's brilliant for us because if people they're promoting it and people come around a couple of hours before to get in early because they want to have a bit of a day out, then we can showcase what we want to do then and what we are. And like, say, if we get a thousand, two thousand people or whatever, it, it goes a long way in hopefully promoting us and obviously drumming up more interest and more people wanting to watch it. I mean, the the, the just for a bit of context, the England PD side is like watching a Premier League outfit. Like these boys are proper fucking cricketers. There's no. You know, let's be under no illusion. Like there was, a, there was a, when uh, Liam mentioned about we had a, one of the deaf lads play, uh, like called Jamie, um, who's actually he's a model as well. You look at his Instagram yes. profile, this bloke, um, but complete, completely deaf. Like you know, so when any of us were talking to him, like he lip reads. So, and you know, I obviously I'm when I'm talking to a group, I'm trying to talk. You, you talk to everybody, don't you? But then, you know, I had to really concentrate. And it taught me a lot because I skipped that day. To I, I had to basically talk directly to Jamie to make sure that he could get, a, you know, but he was a, he was a fantastic cricketer as well, bold, batted. Um, and it's, it, you know, not for a second should people think that these guys are any less able than the rest of us. They just have a different, they're just in a different situation. Like, you know, the, the, the quality, I missed the, the Tring Park game, I think not last summer, the summer before. It was during COVID, but, they absolutely wiped the floor with a Lord's Taverners eleven that had some like ex pro cricketers in it, and absolutely walloped them. Um, because you know the, the quality of the cricket that these lads play is, is serious, serious stuff. Um, when you said you took a year off, Liam, and you kind of you referenced a little bit about having your own kind of mental battles and, and whatever, can you just talk us through? Because obviously, mental health is something that we really look to concentrate on as well. Yeah. Um, Talk to us a little bit, maybe if you can, or you're happy to, about what you went through and yeah. how you got through that and the sport you had. And yeah, ma- massively. Like um, it were, I've obviously been a part of the England squad for since I was like 16. I think got to about 2021, 20, five years of intense. I think I'd done two tours to Dubai, which is, this obviously sounds a bit <laughs> thing, but we've done two tours to Dubai. We're training every weekend, fixtures through the summer, driving down on a Saturday, playing on a Sunday. Driving back on a Sunday, going to work Monday. Um, obviously, you're trying to do your fitness work after your your, your 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 Monday to Friday job. And then I remember, I think we come back off tour. I I don't I won't mention his name, but one of coaches that we wasn't quite getting on. I want a big fan of mine because obviously I was young, I was vocal. I want I'll probably want the the kind, not the kindest person, but I, I, won't, I was straight in for getting Mick out of someone if someone failed. Like, are you going to get any runs today? I remember as old skipper at time were failing to get any runs, and I would just any danger of you getting any runs today. But and I and I was like, I was just hammering him, and I was like, I realised after he's, he's a really good mate of mine here and then, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like years later in conversations, it can't wear down. I'm so sorry. But obviously going back to the to the start, going off on a tangent there, but I kind of fell out with the. the one of the coaches a bit, and I had um, obviously as a keeper, I'd done that thumb, I'd done that thumb, I'd done that finger, I'd done that finger. We're all busted up and just in bits. And this kid's, I'll never forget it. Right arm off spinner, just ball, ball that went straight on. This kid's about three yard down, is about a foot away from it, and I've just missed a stumping. Just hit my hands and just bounced out. And at that moment, I just thought, I've had enough. I just don't want to play. I just literally, I never, ever, have I ever, if I did that another hundred times, I won't miss it ever again. And I just realised that I had enough. And so I, I decided to take a year out. Uh, I said, look, I've had enough. 
I'll take a year out. I said, I'm just taking some time away. I said, I'm just not enjoying it anymore. And um, obviously, I stepped away. My friends, they kept on going. They, they did really well. They went to Bangladesh. They won the World Cup. Did really, really well. And they took the game to the New Heights, and it was brilliant. And then, obviously, I'm sat at home a little bit bitter because I'm not part of it. Absolutely buzzing on one hand that they've done that. But obviously, a little bit on the other hand, I'm thinking, well, that could have been me. But I'm a strong believer that everything does happen for a reason. And obviously, I wasn't meant to be on that trip. So, obviously, we came back. I went to one of the Australia v England ODIs, and they were doing a lap of honour. It was just coincidence that obviously my, wife, oh, my girlfriend was now my wife at the time. Wife now, sorry, she got tickets for that game. And I ended up meeting up and having a chat with coach. And we kind of ironed a few things out. And he said, right, I want you to come back to... I said, if you're committed, like, you come back. So I worked for about a year, year and a half, and it took me to get back into the main squad. I literally had to graft, like, did everything I could and prove that I really wanted it, and he wanted to see that I wanted it. And then I managed to work my way back, and I won't, I was teetering with, like, saying, sorry, I'm not doing that anymore. And my wife was like, Liam, I think you should do it. Like, it's a really good opportunity. Like, don't don't give in. And I'm thankful that I didn't because I want to, wouldn't be sat here right now. I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I've had. I wouldn't have had the experience. I wouldn't have met the people that I had. And it it were it were massive. And I think remember Ian Salisbury were assistant coach at the time and just remember him coming up just to speak to me the first time he met me, just having a chat, just I was doing some keeping. He just came and stood down, just did a bit of shadow batting and just, just little stuff like getting to know you and just obviously spurs you on and obviously became head coach later on at that time and he, he were he were amazing, one of the best blokes you'll ever meet, one of the best coaches, like so relaxed just knows man management um and it was just it was just that at that point I just came back but i was there were a point where i was just like i just don't like this like it was just that much four or five years just intense non-stop like I say especially especially when you're doing it while you're trying to jiggle your work like your life as well like you're working mm. and you got to do your gym work then you got to do your skills then you've got to like well i wanted dad at that point well yeah what a dad sorry yeah i was um, our, yeah, our, so yeah, it, it's difficult. We're trying to balance all them things, but um, I, I said that the demons did creep in, like the mental demons, like they, they always do. It. You're always thinking, one minute you're on top of the world, thinking, yeah, I've got this, I've nailed this, now I'm in a good place. And other times you're just like, I'm not, I'm so far away, it's unreal. And that's something that I think, not just, isn't that something that I speak about quite a lot? Is the mental side, like. Everyone you meet, you guys right here now will be fighting battles that none of us even know about. But it's it's like you say, ours is just more visible than everybody else's. It's a really, really cool way of like describing it actually, like and to have that appreciation of the, the different situations that, that people are in. Like um we can't, we've obviously got to talk about the video. Like you you became an, an internet sensation, like literally overnight. So uh, was it in Dubai or were you out in India? Like Yeah, we're in we're in Dubai, yeah, in International Stadium. That 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 were a good experience. Well, yeah, we're, we're out there at the time, yeah. So just explain for for those that don't know, I mean I'm sure people have, have probably seen it but would not necessarily realise that it was you uh, obviously talking to us now. Just just talk us through that kind of what, 10 seconds? What, even that? Yeah, it was about 15 seconds. I just remember this kid sweeping hard and I've just sprinted around boundary and I've just... And I knew my, heat it affects my leg a little bit sometimes. It, it, the heat, the next 
Um, makes it slippery a bit looser. And I didn't, I was a bit lazy. I didn't go to doctors before. I should have done when I got there to get prosthetic, to get like a, a rubber sleeve, which obviously keeps my leg on. Right. I, I was a bit, a bit lazy. So anyway, so I've gone steaming route boundary. I've, I've put in a dive, I've stopped it. And then I've, as I've rolled over, my legs just flipped off. So I've stood up, I'm like, I've just looked up, I'm like, so I'm watching him, he's off back for the third run, looking at my leg, I'm looking at ball. And this felt for about, it felt about 10 minutes, so I'm going leg, run, ball, leg, run, ball. <laughs> and I went, right, sod it, just grabbed it, opt, and I literally just threw everything into it because it was quite a big boundary. And it's honestly the best throw that I did all tour, by the way, a little one bounce straight over the stump. So I was like, yes. So I've got up. And one thing you see in video is my mate Freddie had run round. He's come round. So I've opted to put my leg on. And I thought, just come and give him my glasses. I was like, what about my leg, Fred? Like, <laughs> put my glasses on first. But no, it was just it was just a freak thing. And we had a laugh for about a minute and after the game, and we were just laughing. And no one really got said until highlights, so like four minute highlights of each game that we played. And Obviously, Dale did a great job, cameraman, and then we we put it on video, and we were on, as a, we were having a few shandies, and after the tournament, and this video comes out in this pub, and I'm like, oh yeah, brilliant that. Like anyway, when we got back, it 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 came it came out when he posted it, and obviously Twitter got hold of it, and then it just like I remember being uh, in B and M's with my wife, and uh, I was looking at my phone, it was just like pinging off like retweet, retweet, tweet, quote, tweet, retweet, tweet. I'm like, Jesus, look at this going mental. And then that evening, I had CNN. Uh, from America, they were ringing me. I had um, everyone wanted to like say BBC News. I had Sky News wanting to do interviews, and then ECB had to get involved and say, right, don't do any interviews until we've 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 say like we have to give the okay. That's the process. We, you tell us and put them in touch with us, and then we'll decide and obviously navigate and and do it. So I'm like, wow, this is this is strange. Like, <laughs> like literally catapulted to this new level now. I'm going on to like BBC. Uh, talk uh, sorry radio shows and obviously having to do snippets and stuff like that so yeah, it was amazing and it was just it was just one of the things because everyone's like oh asking oh, what happened then why, why how did you manage to put your leg back on and do that I'm like I get up out of bed every day the first thing I do is put my leg on yeah. like and that's what it is it's just normal it's just like I get up put my leg on I'm off seeing a bit and that's that's just way it is and like I said I felt like everyone blew it out of proportion but. I were, I, I were quite glad to, to get a little bit of attention. <laughs> yeah, five minutes. It my ego a little bit. <laughs> Does stuff like that happen often? Does, never. I mean, I'm sorry if that's like a daft question, but... No, never. Is, is that very rare? Yeah, very rare. It's never happened before, never happened since. Uh, not in our games, anyway, that we've been playing in. Uh, nothing like that. Like, say, it's, it's only that one, and like, say, fortunate that... <laughs> luckily, luckily, he got captured, and uh, like I said, we all got to a bit of a bit of a, a, a bit of a tension and a bit of a laugh and a giggle about it as well. Well, he's normally keeping wicket as well, so he's normally not tear arsing around the boundary. To be fair, no, I didn't. I didn't necessarily mean to you. I, I meant in to, to, within disability cricket. Will you get you get something of a similar kind of ilk? I, I don't know. Like, no, it's not. It's, it's after to... when I played. It's after when I played football before. Um, as I got a little bit older, I never, I never forget. I was just about 16, 17, got into open age football, and uh, I used to play like old in midfield because obviously I want rapid, so I couldn't play at winger anywhere like that. So I just used to sit in the middle of midfield, and anyway, I've got ball like that. I've turned and lads run through, and I'm just inside me on half. I've, I've smashed the ball up at top. Ball's gone that way. Legs gone that way. Lads <laughs> running long deeper. <laughs> so I'm laid on floor like that, like legged on floor. And lads just literally lock keeper and uh, scored a goal. So I'm like on floor like that, celebrating. <laughs> Can someone pass me my leg, please? Like, 
So, no, it's never happened since we've played cricket now. It's honestly, I th- I find it it's just brilliant, like the 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 way in which you're you just talk about it, and it, you know, and it's just you can have a laugh about it, and obviously with it being, I think. I don't know whether it's different for people like you say, if someone has a, a really bad car accident and then in their twenties and then they end up in a similar position, it probably affects them in a different way. But with you having, you know, been had this experience since birth, you've never known any difference. So it is just to you, that is, that is normal, right? So you just live your life and get involved in everything that you can and just, it, but that is just your reality. Yeah, definitely. Until I don't want to do any housework and it starts hurting, and that's when I start playing on it a little bit. Then, so it's a little bit like, like "Will you do this?" I'm like, "I'm oh, a bit sore today." But no, it's it's it's, um, it's something that we, we like. I say I'll try to do. And you try to speak to people when you go to limb centre, and obviously you get up and because obviously when you're having like a fitting done, you, you walk round and they watch you walking. Like, oh, like, bloody hell, you do well, don't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I explain why, and I say like, obviously try to give people advice and. I never forget when I was, I was a kid and this kid had come in. I think I must have been about seven or eight at the time. And this kid had come in, like, obviously, maybe a bit younger than me. Obviously, that time he was like amputated. And I never forget, I was just, me and him were just walking together and I was just showing him like, right. how to walk with a prosthetic limb, like toe to heel, toe to heel, heel to toe, heel to toe, like bend your knee, like you, you're too straight knee. Like, obviously, we're like me, you were below the knee amputee. And that is that is also easier when you're below the knee because you've got your knee still to, to navigate around. Whereas if it's above knee, you haven't got that. You have to have a knee in in your in your limb, like in your limb fitted, and it's it's much more difficult. And yeah, yeah. I just never forget like, helping this kid, and I, I never forget that I, I like helping people. And if you can help people through like that with that, and like say when I'm at limb centre talking to people about it, and as you can tell already, I, I love talking, and I think it, it helps. And like you say, people can take a little bit of things from each other. Where like, like I say, I might have a I might be a low right limb amputee, but I might be able to help you guys with obviously mental health attitude and things that I might have been, and then vice versa. Like you might have been through things that might be able to help me with with yeah. my struggles, and you only really get that by talking to each other and having these discussions that we're having now. And I like mean, me and John, I remember just sat there, just the first time we met each other, both having having after getting cleaned up, we were just there, <laughs> sat there having a chat and just getting to know each other. And, and that's where the best conversations are, and that's where you find out most about each other as well. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Final question, I guess. So, what's the what's the dream now? What's the what's the plan in terms of cricket? Obviously, you got your little boy, you got your, your daughter as well, and your wife. Like, but what's the what's the the cricket plan? Like, what's the dream over the next kind of five years? You, I imagine you're still, you know, you're still really keen to stick around the setup with the the PD boys for as long as you, you're able. Yeah, we were very unfortunate. We've just we had that final in twenty nineteen, and then twenty nineteen. I don't even know what lost track of years now. About two years, I think twenty twenty actually. We found that in twenty twenty in Worcester, and we were just about India just won it uh, in final. The beat us in final, and that was probably the second. Well, for us, that was probably the second best thing apart from us winning it happening because you know what Indian cricket's like, and we thought right, it's going to take off here. Like we're really going to going to get going now India involved they've won it like, they'll be proper up for it we were thought about we're going over India but and then obviously Covid hit and that just put a stop to our whole programme like and then obviously knocked everyone back and all the countries that we want to go to or the countries that we play against uh, that have got teams is India Afghanistan Bangladesh Pakistan so all them teams were, were red listed but the dream is is to, to hopefully get, get an, another World Cup and hopefully get out to India maybe play a series but we've just like I say, we've got this uh, disability Premier League, which what which is what we're running now. So we did a trial last year um, 
four teams, three impairments. So you had the disability, sorry, you had the deaf, uh, learned difficulties and physical disabilities. And you had uh, two, mar- three marquee players from each team. So you had like one L, one learned difficulties, one PD, and then one deaf. So yeah. you had three marquee players and then they'd go into each team. Yeah. And then you'd have like your level two players, your level three, so a bit like an IPL kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to grow that to help grow the players through and bring new talent on. And then hopefully that feeds into your England teams, which hopefully then can can grow what we're doing. And like I say, we, we want to have another World Cup. We want to be playing and challenging for that, but we've, we're not naive enough to know that it might be a bit of a slow burner. But if we can keep doing all the right things and me- making all the right noises and like say promoting the game and making people wanting to watch it and hopefully we can we can grow it quicker but I won't mind winning a tournament before I finish that's my ultimate game is as a team I won't mind being part of a winning team but we always speak about leaving shirt in a better place um, so for me yeah winning's great but can I leave this team when I retire when we all stop can I leave this team in a better place than when it first started can I leave it in, in going in the right direction and that's the main thing really so I, wanna, I won't mind winning a trophy but like ultimately making sure disability cricket progresses and I don't want to leave it in a, in, in a shit place, really. Brilliant. Um, so, finally, where <clears throat> if people, obviously, you know, you've referenced these games that you guys play in and whatever, where can people find out more information if, you know, people did want to come down and actually have a look at and actually really appreciate the, the quality of the cricket for that, that it is? Yeah, well, we haven't got a fixture list out yet, so we probably will be on the ECB website, but we're just waiting for those fixtures to be finalised. So we've been pencil running for Arundel in June. I think we've got... I think yeah, June or July. So once we get them finalised, that's what that's. Yeah, yeah, we always play Arundel every year, but yeah. I don't really like going down there. Cause it's a bit of a drive, but <laughs> a great team. Um, but no, it's it's uh it's always good to play down there. When, like I say, one of the most decorated grounds around, and like I say, all tour inside to play there. So um, until we get the fixtures, that's another thing. Like I say, we're still trying to build it back up and get the fixtures. Based, I think we've got one against the army. We will play the army boys, which is a really good test against us. For us, because like I say, you're playing good fit cricket athletes who are good cricketers as well, who yeah. hit the ball really hard. So that's that's really good test for us. So, um, like I say, it's difficult to say because we're still trying to like finalise our fixture list, especially with the COVID and stuff and what's been going on with that. But well, look, we can we can always feed that information out to everybody. Um, you know, I'll obviously yeah. be staying in touch with Liam so we can uh, we can feed that out. And obviously, if there's games in your local area, then. Absolutely, you really should go and watch these boys play. I mean, I'm pretty sure that we're doing another game, uh, I think, at the same venue uh, this summer, Liam, I think. I think against the House of Commons guys again. So um, we'll be able to have a catch-up in a couple of shandies uh, laughing, stood next to each other. Angelo Perez. Huh? Oh, nice, are you sure having a are you sure having a beer in the House of Commons is allowed at the minute? No, are no, they... no, 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 it's in Yorkshire. No, they travel they travel to us. That's how important Liam and the boys are. No, there's, there's there's the reason for that then. One rule, one rule for one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One is a party, not a party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, this, anyway, this is a work gathering. This. Hey, I, I, I piss the BCCI off on this podcast every week. I'm not going to start on the government. Crikey, Riley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I probably will. At some stage, uh, Liam, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Uh, it's been great to chat to you. I'm really looking forward to sharing a beer with you again over the summer, uh, and that five yard space between keeper and first slip, because uh, we had such a laugh last time. Um, thanks for being a brilliant advocate for disability cricket and coming on and sharing your story. And um, yeah, look, the, we'll, we'll try, keep trying to promote you guys and the, the great stuff that you're doing as much as we can. No, that's brilliant. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you.
No problem, mate. Thanks, Liam. Cheers, Cheers. mate. Cheers. Right, Jen. So, off the back of that, um, what a bloke to interview. Like, really, really positive outlook and what have you. What, were you, what did you think? I'll come to you first, Huge. Really interesting. Um, I, first of all, love his media training because I have to say, when we were talking off air, I couldn't understand a word he was saying until he started slowing <laughs> down. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's got a thick accent, um, which is uh, which is obviously good um, because it you know shows a lot of character. But yeah, I, I again learning a lot about the guy. I didn't realize that he had it from birth, which was an interesting conversation. And yeah. and also more importantly, the pathways for you know um, other people to get into the into the sport. Um, I also loved his attitude about how, do you know what? Uh, I, I'm not a disabled cricketer. I'm just a normal cricketer. I'm just a normal guy playing football. I'm just a, he, I, I want to crack on and do things as everybody, you know, I don't want to hear the, the backhanded compliments about you. You good, aren't you? Okay. Hang on. I'm, I'm better than you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm better than you right now. So irrespective of whether I'm disabled or not, I'm still better than you. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was brilliant. Robbo. Yeah. Just the, the Obviously, the cricket stuff's incredible, but like, like the, the sort of want to push the um, disability and 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 the other bits that go alongside that, whether it be the hearing or physical and mental disability side forward, and the bit he said towards the end there, where he talked about leaving the game in a better position than when he found it. I think that's that's a massive thing for certainly within that sport. If they if, someone, if they've got someone like him, that, like he says, goes into uh, limb centers and, and takes people through how to deal with um, tragedies that are similar or, or if not similar but to, to him but like I just found he was he was sort of inspiring and um, he clearly passionate for the game uh, clearly passionate about developing disability cricket and and honest enough to say when he fell out of love with it and yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of figure that out which I don't think you hear that enough. Like, it's you don't. A lot of people um, are in and around the game um, who get to play at whatever levels they get to play at. I've I've played, especially when they're not getting paid for it. Mm. Like that's when you talk about that. Like I, I used to play indoor cricket, which is Again, I've, I've played like huge, North. and I've played that for England. And, and when you're playing representative cricket of anything like that. The fact that you, you, you're driving miles at weekends for training sessions, you then, like he says, expect to do the fitness stuff. You then, I mean, I doubt he's paying for his tours and stuff now, but there would have been a time when that would have been the case. And and, and it is hard, and it, and it does get on top of you when he's, you've got normal life going by every day, and then you've got you're expected to do all this stuff. So he's it, honesty, as we always say, we've said, I think we've said it with every, most guests. If not every guest, the honesty that people talk to us with, I think, is is very refreshing and an absolute inspiration of a person. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a he's a cracking lad. He, he's a real he's a real good lad to be around as well. I had a lot of fun when we uh, when I met him last year. Um, I quite like to go out for a beer with him. I yeah, think. yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll make sure that the the three of us can make that Lord Sevens game um, that's involved that those boys are involved with later on in the summer. Um, but yeah, no, brilliant. So thanks again to, to Liam for, for coming on. Uh, check him out. Uh, we'll tag him in our Instagram posts and social media posts so you can follow him and stuff. But yeah, he's just a salt of the earth lad from, from Yorkshire who's, uh, you know, but the, I kept harping on about it. Like the quality of the cricket that these boys play as a unit, it, they're seriously good cricketers. Like, you know, there's no, none of, they're not less able. They're not less able in terms of cricket. They just they have a different, um, 
different circumstance to the rest of us, right? And it's, it really is a Absolutely. Um, we will, as referenced on the interview as well, uh, let you know about fixtures and stuff, um, you know, stuff like New Road. They're playing before a T20 and stuff like, you know, it's, go down and support the lads and like, actually appreciate what they do. Like, the skill level is really, really good. Um, so, yeah. The one thing I will say, they get to play at some belting ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 New Road, Arundel Castle. Yeah. I think they might have a game at Wormsley as well this year. Um, oh, steady. Yeah, yeah, not the worst. I mean, you know, you know, it's not like when the worst ground you play at is the first class one. <laughs> like you, 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 you're probably thinking, yeah, this is quite yeah. good. This because Wormsley and Arundel Castle are two of the best yeah, grounds. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, the worst one's the one that's always flooded in April, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> yeah. However, if he does announce to us that the fixture is the third of April, then uh, unless someone's disability is gills, they might not be getting much of a game. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, other big news this week. Uh, must mention it. Obviously, it's more it's a personal kind of Woodstock thing. But um, Benny Howell um, has been signed to the IPL, so Woodstock are going to make their first appearance at the IPL, which is incredibly exciting news. Um, super, super, like proud of, of that. And you know, it's, it's Benny. It's Benny who's done the work. But obviously, we're, oh, that's the reason that he's, he's as good as he is. So uh, I think if we can take sixty percent of the credit. Uh, Benny can have 40 uh, but we'll be getting Benny on to talk about that I know I've been chatting to him he's super excited about it as you would be like what an opportunity um, Owen Dawkins who's obviously a friend of Simon and I's uh, who's a coach at Gloucester I was chatting to him about it the other day and he, he was saying that once Benny gets into an environment he will play because A he's just a brilliant bloke around the group but once people actually see his skills and his skill level um so actually, Dorks is convinced now that he's got this chance that he will, you know, he'll, he will get game time, which I think is phenomenal. So uh, really excited to see that. On that note, before me and Robbo end up in a, you know, driving five minutes down the road to want to kill each other again, um, we, we love you and leave you. But thanks for tuning in. Don't forget subscribe. Tell people uh, about the three Stooges that talk cricket and. A lot of rubbish. Don't drag Eugene into our stooge station. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks very much. He's um, positively the elf in this scenario. He's what? He's positively Will Ferrell in elf <laughs> in this scenario. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't understand that analogy. But anyway, we'll see you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Cheers, Bye. Bye. Bye.